Tell us when. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another special bonus episode of the Cinematography for Actors podcast. We are live from the VIP lounge of the Chinese Theater in Hollywood as the official podcast partner of the 19th annual Oscar Qualifying Holly Shorts Film Festival. I am your host, Indiana Underhill. My co-host, Haley, is behind camera this time, and we are joined by two incredible filmmakers that have a film exit fee here, and that is Emil Gallardo. Mm-hmm. Yes? yes? Yes, I got it. <laughs> Kieran Murphy as well. So we have co-writer and director and a cinematographer, which is always fun to break down the technical and creative thanks for coming guys yeah thanks for having us thanks for having us yeah so we only have about 15 minutes to talk um i want to dive into the technical practical and creative but first can we talk about what exit fee is about yeah um so exit fee is about two sisters the older sister is desperately trying to stop her younger sister from being trafficked alongside her wow okay um i'm really excited to dive into this because visually and I'm so happy Kieran is here to talk with all of us how did we how did you guys come together for this project yeah so uh, we go back a very long ways Um, I first met Kieran's brother Brendan in 2003 and he had just moved out from New York he was making his first film I'm born and raised in LA but I just had a curiosity didn't grow up with any film connections or knowledge I think I met him through a Craigslist ad. He's just like, who's down to help? I'm like, I'm down. And, you know, um, so that's how I met Brendan. And then I met Kieran, I think, shortly after that. And that was back in 2003. And so I think I've worked on almost everything now that Brendan has made. And Kieran's been there. And we, about a year ago, um, we worked on a show called UFO Witness on the Discovery Channel. Mm -hmm. And I got to see Kieran in action. And I just, like, I've always loved him as a person. But then seeing how well he, like, you know, like, I feel like for DPs, they have constant problems that are thrown at them and a lot react and they get upset and that affects the crew and then it sets a tone and then the actors kind of close down because now it's suddenly not a safe emotional environment for them. But Kieran's the opposite and he was just like super laid back, very confident, just like led the whole team. And so it was like a combination of his demeanor, skill set, talent, and then just knowing that he's like has a great heart. And so he just was the obvious choice for this. Wow. And Emil and um, Kieran, what's it like to work with Emil and that I mean, relationship? Some of the nicest words he said to me. But yes, I was very <laughs> excited because his last film that I saw was incredible. So to have the opportunity to work with him on this film. I um, was very excited because wow. he pushes the boundaries and I got really excited when he had asked me to be a part of that, um, knowing that I was going to be able to help, you know, his vision. So uh, I was very excited when he brought me onto this and it's honestly, it's one of the best relationships I've had uh, with a director. So important. Yeah. Um, diving into what you said about the actors in the space that they, yeah. they work within. So cinematography for actors was created because we're trying to bridge the gap between talent and crew. Mm-hmm. And so having a better, yeah. um, better context for when everyone arrives on set. So mm-hmm. not to overwhelm with technical notes, but have them the, give them the confidence through education and community building yeah. prior to when they even walk onto set. And so yeah. I love that you mentioned that because especially for um, the genre and themes and content of the film, that you shot it's mm-hmm. such an important place mm-hmm. uh, that that emotional space and so how did you guys work together in order to still get the visuals that you wanted mm-hmm. but work and keep the actors feeling safe yeah so um i wish this topic was talked about more um so i started as a pa and kind of worked my way up through the ranks and was ading and i did that long before i ever directed anything and so my relationship with actors started as an ad and so it's very functional very practical 
And it wasn't until I started directing that I felt like I started understanding actors because I realized that I was telling my stories through them. And so then I'm like, okay, if I'm telling my story through these people, like they're the only ones on set who were asking to be vulnerable mm -hmm. constantly, mm -hmm. regardless of what emotion that is. And yeah. we're asking themselves to transport themselves to something that was not even written by them. In my case, where you know, they're, they're working on something that I've written. So to me then, everything that we're doing, the culture of the set, even if it's two PAs talking to each other, like it's still setting a culture. How are they treated? Um, is their voice heard? Are, are like there's sets where somebody will throw a water bottle and they'll be like, "Don't worry, a PA will pick it up." And even though that's not directly related to the actor, it's setting a tone of Absolutely. like how we treat each other. Yeah. And so I'm very big on working with department heads that have a lot of respect for people and you know are kind and generous and patient and level-headed because I do feel like that permeates into ultimately the final product yeah which absolutely is the goal is to create the best film we can so um, yeah going back to Kieran I mean he just that's how he works so okay. when it comes to actors you know there's a lot of times because usually the DP is physically the closest to the yes. actors throughout our 12-hour day right and so there was never any concern with Kieran um, that he's going to do anything to be insensitive to them or offensive to them or not take them into consideration. So I knew that they would have that support, you know, during those 12 mm -hmm. hours. And then I jump in as soon as we call cut and, you know, work with them uh, as well. But he's, you know, the closest. It's yeah, it's it's very interesting because how we approach this film. It was like, say, three hours, rough, raw and real. It's a very sensitive topic. Yeah. And, you know, how we approached it was, OK, let these actors play in this environment right so i you know blocking is always key to everything right but mm -hmm. in this world um it's it just you don't know how things work and how these sisters are going to move around so it was very important for the cinematography you know especially in the camera work which was 100 percent handheld was allowing them to play in this environment and let them do what they want freely so figuring that out and you know still making it cinematic but you know making it you know raw and you know feel like it's more natural was you know it's difficult for me um in a sense because i like things very stylistic and mm -hmm. lit like crazy but mm -hmm. it wouldn't fit right for this story right, of course, and yeah. you know in terms of cinematography and actors it i allowed them we allowed them to move around these these environments which were all practical locations really mm -hmm. You know, rough locations from a you know you know crappy uh, apartment to a really rundown motel, um, and which was like lived in and everything. And you know, it's so important for them to feel like they're there. And I think the cinematography um, has to almost come second to that, and allowing them to play right. in these worlds and real f feel like they're still there though. Like you know, being mm -hmm. in this, so it's not like movie lighting everywhere. That it's actually like feels like a place they're living in and that they can move around and still you know do their job you know wonderful and so for the prep going into this project yeah. um how did you guys work together or how did you work with your heads of department in general yeah. and and when you actually executed the film was it true to what happened in prep yeah great question um so i think also coming from an ad background you know you know, you, you want to do as much prep as you can, and then you know ultimately that it's going to change, but at least you're well-versed in mm -hmm. it. So with this specifically, you know, we went through the script, made a shot list, used shot designer specifically so Fun. that we could see, you know, we could start to figure out the blocking just in diagrams, yeah. met up, went through it, refined it, formalized our shot list, and then, yeah, day of, you know, you start yeah. merging, cutting. Totally. If you have a new idea, something strikes, you know, inspires you. So, But that's part of the process is remaining flexible and in the moment 
But yeah, we did all that planning ahead of time too. That's and it's very hard because we only it was a short, it was only two days. Right. And yeah. the amount of time he had with yeah. the actors was so minimal. Yeah. yeah. So to build up for such a such a hardcore like kind of project was very difficult, but they did it and you know the way he set it up for them was was beautiful and letting them move around these these rooms but there's only so much you can do in prep whereas like when you come on set you don't know what these actors are going to do you know moving around and like yeah you could tell them to go to the window but does that feel right maybe they want to do and move around so right, yeah. it was nice that you know we were able to adapt with them on the day and get what we needed it was it was a kind of beautiful thing. You Absolutely. Know? Yeah. And so for when you were on set and the way you like to work a meal, mm -hmm. is it that you want to go in there with the actors first with your AD kind of supervising her from behind mm -hmm. behind you before you bring in Kieran? Or is Kieran with you the entire time just watching you guys work so that he can best kind of figure out, okay, they, they went there instead of going there. Do we want to kind of accommodate that? What's your way of working there? So I guess for me, it starts always, like what I always defer to is authenticity. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this we wrote with a consultant like I, I'm not I've never been a sister. Um, I have a sister, but yeah. it's about two young women, which I've never been. So I always go to like, what is the most authentic? Right. So when it comes to blocking, it's like, OK, let's start off. Let's see how they move around the space. Cool. OK, now how can we start to like find that sweet spot between like what's going to work best for camera? What's going to give us the depth that we need, um, but still allowing them to kind of express themselves in a natural way? So it's just finding that balance, but it starts with them. That's so cool. And so when mm -hmm. you came in and you had to adapt, I mean, it's great when you're handheld because you're not worried about like this dolly is not going to go into that corner mm -hmm. and you know, this yeah. arm is not going to go through this window. Um, with handheld, I want to talk a little bit about the uh, grant from Panavision for yeah. your past film, One, Two, Three, All Eyes on Me. Yeah. And so for this one, did you shoot on Panavision camera and lenses as well? We did. Okay, cool. And so your choices for working in the environments that you had, what were they? Uh, so we were very, very blessed to have Panavision on our side. We ended up using um, their 8K camera that's red-based mm -hmm. with light iron tech, you know, technology yeah. for coloring, uh, the DXL2 with Panavision Primos, and their lensing is by far superior to, I mean, some of the greatest films we've ever watched were shot on these lenses. Mm -hmm. So having that support as well as how the new tech and sensitivity, because we're shooting in practical locations that we were talking about, and, mm -hmm. you know, having that ability to kind of get what's there and then enhance it um, was was really powerful. And having Panavision, just, you know, the camera and the lensing just fit so perfectly for what we needed. And, uh, you know, being handheld, I don't think we could have done this any other way. I don't know if we could yeah. have not done it handheld. I mean, it's just the time we had and how much we had to get done. Um, and in the tone, it just, it, it feels that way. Makes you know the world I mean? more accessible. Yeah. yeah. And he, mm -hmm. I mean, Emil had talked to me about that visual language right from the start. Yeah. What he wanted. It's very specific in how he wanted the tones, the lighting, and how the camera should move. Um, and we, I think we achieved it very well with still making yeah. a very cinematic look. You wow. Know? And with the casting process for the two sisters, yeah. How, what was their experience level going into the project? With each other? Um, or just as actors separately? Oh, so, um, so Alex Felix, who plays Karina, um, she's been in several things. Um, Never, Have I After, Never Have I Ever, the Netflix show, she's on that. Um, she's, on a, in a, she's the lead in a short film that just premiered at Tribeca. Mm -hmm. And then Jessica, I think that this is Jessica's, like one of her biggest roles to date. Wow, so fantastic. So, yeah, she's just getting going. And That's they do, so great. They do fantastic. Well, we can't wait yeah. to see it. Um, so remind me when you're showing. Yeah, so it's uh, next Thursday the 17th at 2.30 in the Latinx block. 
Fantastic. We look forward to seeing it. If you're not in Hollywood, you have no excuse because this film should also be available on BitPix for the virtual fest that's happening alongside the actual in-person festival. Um, thank you guys so much. We will tag yeah, everything yeah. so people can find your film, and we can't wait to watch it ourselves. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Cool. Thank you. We'll see you guys soon. Yeah. Bye, everyone. Bye. Peace. This has been another special episode of the Cinematography for Actors podcast. We are here live at the 19th annual Oscar qualifying Holly Shorts Film Festival through August 20th. Follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you are here at the festival, come up to the VIP lounge and say hi. We also want to give a huge thank you and shout out to our sponsors, which we have so many to help us put this together. And that is Apogee Film Tools, Roscoe, Lightstone Rentals, Canon, and First Smile Technology for the awesome Wi-Fi hookup. As a special gift to our CFA listeners, um, we have partnered with a company called We Make Movies, you may be familiar with them, to offer discounted production services, including access to comprehensive production insurance and workers' comp for your next shoot. Visit wemakemovies.org slash insurance and use code CFA23 on your next intake form for 10% off your quote. We are making filmmaking more accessible. Thank you so much for joining us. We will see you next time on the Cinematography for Actors podcast. Thanks all. Bye. Bye.